The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits. Powered by Protus Global. Hello, everyone. I am Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and I really am I'm happy that you guys are joining me and my guest uh, today. This is a very momentous day, and uh, and I think uh, we did an amazing job by bringing an amazing guest for this time to our show. Uh, my next guest is a cannabis activist and entrepreneur who has been named one of the 100 most influential people in cannabis by High Times Magazine. She has also been named one of the 50 most important women in cannabis in the entire industry and earned a Lifetime Achievement Award uh, at the 2017 Cannabis Business Awards for her role and the commercial rise of the plant. I said a lot. I didn't even say it all. Uh, Wanda James is our guest today, and she is also the founder and CEO of Simply Pure Dispensary uh, in Denver, Colorado. So uh, Wanda, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. And um, I, I do know that we're uh, in the middle of a uh, transition of power. And yes. um, I've just got to say Kamala Harris has been um, my nominee from for when she was running for office. We did a huge fundraiser here for her at the house. So I got to know her a little bit. Oh, and terrific. Yeah. What a, what a momentous um, point in time for a women, mm -hmm. um, be black women. Yes. Um, see uh, hopefully america as we all move forward so this is i am I'm, I'm all joy today joy, joy oh today. that is great that is great that, that that is awesome so now when she was running for president you, you guys did a fundraiser no uh yes when she was running for president president so, uh, august of 2019 and it was amazing we had 170 people um that came through uh okay. that were here for the event and it was just amazing it was a fantastic time Oh, that's, that's that's terrific! And you you got to spend some quality time with her during this whole process. We absolutely did. You know, my husband and I got to spend some time with her. I got to spend a lot of time with her and her staff. You know, and it's always fun when you get the opportunity of meeting people who will eventually become president. Um, I had the chance to meet Barack Obama, um, Bill yeah. Clinton, and, and a yeah. few other folks. And it's it's really amazing when you get to speak to folks who are prepared to run the world. That's amazing. It, it's so uh, so dynamic when you say it that way. I mean, it makes an impression when you when you say it that way. It's almost like you are uh, telling the future here yeah. on, on a on a little podcast called Plant Profits, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's great. But that's what we do. You know, that's what we do in the morning here. Plant profits. That, exactly. Profit. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. Um, so now you're in Colorado, right? Yes. Right? Now, now you. we're going to talk about uh, your background a little bit, but uh, now are you from Colorado? Um, sort of, kind of, not really. My dad was military, so okay. 
born in Seattle, grew up, my mom is British. Okay. So um, when my dad went to Vietnam, we went back to England. We've lived in Germany. We've lived in Italy. We've lived um, everywhere. So every time we left the United States and came back, we came back to Colorado. My dad was Air Force. So he was okay. at Buckley, Lowry, NORAD, and Peak Field. So we left and came, left and came, left and came. Got it. Got it. So it is kind of home. It, no, it absolutely is. I went to high school here. I went to um, University of Colorado Buffaloes. Go Buffs. Yeah. Go Buffs. Um, <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, you, you know, it, it's definitively um, one of the places in America that I call home. L.A. would be my adult home. Your adult home. Okay, got it. Uh, I got it. Now, what folks don't know is that Wanda is a veteran. Uh, she served our country as a lieutenant in the Navy, and uh, I want to. Personally, and for uh, the rest of us that are listening, I want to thank you for your service, Wanda. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you. Yeah. And, and and had an exciting job. I mean, you're the real, you know, Red October, right? I mean, you're, you're hunting submarines. How did you get involved with that? How did you go from basics to submarines? How did that, what, what made that happen? Um, you know, really interesting. And it's odd when you look back on a lifetime, you know, I've, I've yeah. lived more than a couple of decades, right? Oh, just a couple more. Just a couple, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird when you look back on that time, because so much has changed. So when I got into the military, um, I joined the military because I had a chance of meeting Mae Jameson. And I was so right. enthralled with her in when she became an astronaut in 19. Um, oh, boy. I forget, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to be an astronaut, you know, I was okay. a huge Star Wars fan as a kid. I really wanted to go to space. And I saw the military as the fastest way of getting me there. Well, clearly, um, I didn't get to be an astronaut, although I do high things now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it, but during that time, women were not allowed to be in what we call combat billets. So you couldn't be in combat situations. So when I had the chance to choose what I wanted to do in the military, I didn't. I wanted to do something more than just admin. I wanted to be a part um, of the battalion. And so being a sub hunter was something that we could do as women that put us directly in lines with combat. So we were out um, hunting subs. We do it. Uh, there's cables in the water of which we 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 catch. Uh, don't give away don't don't give away too many secrets. You know, it's not it's been declassified, so we can talk <laughs> okay. about it a little bit. There's books about it. You, you you can Google it now. You know, okay. it's all out there. Um, and then you know, a lot of people laugh at me because you know they find out that I was stationed in Bermuda, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it was tough duty, wasn't it, Bermuda?" <laughs> well, Bermuda sits right off the coast of the Eastern Seaboard. Or seaboard, we can see all the way up to the Barents Sea, all the way uh -huh. over to the Azores. You know, I mean, it is strategic. Um, to keeping um, the United States safe at night. So uh, it was really exciting um, being part of the silent service. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it was amazing what we got to do. And it was amazing at that time before women could be in combat, being a part of an actual combat unit. Yeah, silent service. I like yep. that. Yeah, yep. that's yep. great. Now, uh, so what did you learn about yourself doing that? Uh, I removed the word can't out of my vocabulary. And for okay. a young woman, that is so important. You mm -hmm. know, when you go into the military, the physical demands, you know, were immense. And once again, I'm going back to a time where I graduated high school in uh, 1981. Mm -hmm. 1980 was the first class of um, that were able to go into the 
uh, Naval Academy. So okay. this is, you know, very wow. beginning. So back then, you know, it was tough. So to earn the respect guys, um, I had to run with them, work out with them, push-ups with them, you know, I had to right. do, you know, fireman carries, you know, carry them up the hill on my back. You know, there, there was no crying in baseball back then, you know what I mean? You did it. <laughs> so it removed the word can't from my vocabulary. Um, and it also taught me how to gain the respect of my entire battalion or my my workforce. So I had about 50 people working for me as a young officer that ranged from the ages of, you know, 17 to 52, mostly yeah. men, some women, you know, so you learn um, how to gain people's respect because that's what it is all about. And I took that with me into my corporate career um, and hopefully into my um, cannabis career as well too. So that was probably one of the most important things, removing the word can't and understanding respect. Well, you know, when you look back and just some of the, the study I did uh, just prepared to have this chat with you, uh, when you look back at the things you've done uh, since you left the service, uh, removing the word can't was critical because you did, cool. you could. Right, and it's 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 been very 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 evident. Um, there's there's several things I want to I want to really dive into um, here, and the one thing is I, I really want to get a sense of when did and how did cannabis come into uh, and, and this, this we may have to break before we finish this, but how did cannabis come into your being? How did, how did it appear from the perspective that um, you saw it more than like when I was of a, a certain age, I, I saw it as just as an opportunity to, to um, have fun with, with, uh, with friends? You know, um, definitely an opportunity to have fun with friends. My, mm -hmm. my, I have been a um, cannabis connoisseur for, for many years. I, whoa, um, whoa, connoisseur. Yes, connoisseur. Tell me about that. <laughs> I, I want you to break that down for me because, <laughs> you know, you may educate me and I may find out that I can use that word. You know, you, you might be able to hear, yeah, right? Exactly. I, mean, I say notice. I say no to some weed. I'm like, oh, no, 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 okay, I'm good. Thank you. But no, yeah, good. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, in my life, um, you know, growing up, um, alcohol was never my thing, you know, I mean, having a, a British mother, a European mother, alcohol was never taboo. If we wanted it in our house, we could. Okay. Um, I, I didn't really care to it, you know, I, I mean, it was just, I, I didn't like whiskey, didn't like, it doesn't taste good. I didn't, I didn't, I just was not, um, it, it wasn't my thing. And I, I'm not saying I haven't used it, but it just wasn't my thing as a younger person. And cannabis, you know, made me giggle. It, it made me social. Um, I, I just enjoyed cannabis. The other thing that I will talk about cannabis as well, too, in college, um, and I'm, I'm getting off track here a little bit. Well, but you, you know what? Let's hold it right there because I want to pick up. I want to pick up right there. We're going to take a break. Uh, thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis. I am your your host. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global uh, People Solutions, and we're having a, a great chat with cannabis activist and entrepreneur wonder. Wanda James, and uh, we'll pick this conversation up on the other side. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
SmartPots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, SmartPots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? SmartPots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million SmartPots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for SmartPots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. I'm here with Wanda James. Wanda is the founder and CEO of Simply Pure Dispensary. And if you've been listening, that's that's one of the many things that she's done very successfully in her life. And we were just having a quick chat about how cannabis came into her life. And, um, you know, Wanda, you mentioned that that adult beverage just didn't do it for you, basically, for all the reasons that you know, that made it made sense that it didn't do it for you. And, and you, and cannabis made you, you giggle, made you laugh, you felt good. And, uh, and then you were taking us back to university, to college. And where are we there? So one of the things that I always want to put in there, so, you mm-hmm. know, you see so much that happens even with the military and in college. Um, and once again, I'm not picking on alcohol here. So let me be very clear, but um, it, so many things happen to young women after consuming alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have an alcohol issue in the military. We definitively have an alcohol issue on our college campuses. Mm-hmm. Cannabis gave me the right amount of, um, of, of paranoia. So, you know, you're at a party and you see five mm-hmm. guys over there, you know, laughing and looking over and doing things. You know, that was my cue to leave. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired, <laughs> I'm going home. I'm going to get a cheesecake and I'm out. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I, I, I credit, my amazing college time. I didn't have those issues. We didn't get into those types of things. I have no regrets during that time. And I I think I owe a lot of that to cannabis. But what that brings me back to though, is it wasn't legal when I was using cannabis in my last few years of high school and in college and through my adult adult use. However, growing up in Colorado, it was always very available. Colorado is a Mm -hmm. cannabis state. The University of Colorado um, Playboy named us in 1962 Party College, and they said because of the the, the ease of of getting pot on campus. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's always been there and around. And from that, the idea that people got arrested for it was completely foreign to me. I've heard of people getting tickets. I've seen <laughs> take it away, but yeah. getting arrested? I, yeah. I mean, no one got arrested for pot. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my life until I met my brother, okay. right? And I met my brother at my father's funeral. And- um, First time. First time. We had okay. talked, we had discussed, we had conversations prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, sad story. My dad was going to meet my brother when, when he passed away. But um, when I met my brother, the first words to him was, you know, sis, I just got out of prison. And my heart sank because if you just got out of prison, you killed somebody, you murdered somebody, right. you, you did something bad, real right. bad, you went to prison, right? Right. And when he said it was four, four ounces of weed, I didn't believe him. I was like, give me your file. Let me see what's going on here. This don't sound right. Mm-hmm. And a friend, an attorney friend of mine in LA said, Wanda, let me 
hip you to something that this is happening 800,000 times a year. Yes. Mostly to black and brown Big boys problem. between the ages of 17 and 24. Yeah. It was shocking to me. It yeah. Was well, that sets you off in a direction at some point that um, you're doing something about that now. And that's cool. That's cool. Now, how did you get involved? Just going back, how did you get involved in in hospitality? Because you've you've owned several hospitality related businesses. Yep, um, I'm married to a chef. Okay, <laughs> okay, and that's Scott. <laughs> Scott, yes. yeah, yeah. We've so owned five he, restaurants together over the yeah. last twenty five years. Yeah, yeah, in LA and Colorado. Yes. Yes. Right. Boulder, Denver. Yes. And when I and I look at the cuisine, it, it made me hungry. It should. It was good. It was good. And I mean, and we've had so many amazing people sit at our, I mean, Robert De Niro, you know, wow. we used to cater for all of the Waynans, their birthday parties and everything else we've done. Oh. Um, I mean, uh, the Directors Guild, um, Michael Keaton, we've done Batman a number of times. So, I mean, it's always been amazing when you bring, and it was fun and food, right? And it was right. Caribbean and it was Southern. Um, yeah, and it was. Cannabis was a part of that whole um, thing too. You know, owning a Jamaican cafe in Los Angeles. Well, you know, we had weed. No, I, absolutely you did. And uh, that, that, is, that is great. So you did that. Are you still in the restaurant business? No, we sold our last restaurant um, here in Denver. Um, man, I guess it's been about three years ago now, three or four okay. years. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Are you happy to be out of the restaurant business? Oh my goodness, you know, yes and no. You know, it's a love yeah. that you have, right? And I, yeah. I live my life in restaurants, so I adore them and I it's my thing in the world. But, you know, I got to tell you, for everybody listening that's looking to get into cannabis, cannabis yeah. requires all of you. This is yeah. not an easy industry. It's not something you do on the side. You don't do it just a little bit. If you're in, you are you are in. in. Um, it's a tough industry. There's a lot to learn. Um, and it required me and Scott to be fully focused. And that. No, that that is consistent. You know, Protus Global. Um, uh, my business, uh, we support the cannabis industry. And um, uh, to the person coming out of some other business into this business of the cannabis uh, space, to the person, it, you know, a year later, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But you know what? The hardest thing I've ever done, and I've been a military officer. Yeah. And this <laughs> this this takes this absolutely takes the cake on on the difficulty of just running a day to day business. Yeah, and, and the perception of people who don't know and far away from it. Oh, it's fun. You know, it's yeah. it's fun. Well, it's, it's it's fun if it's successful. Uh, <laughs> and, and, even, and even then it's a, a, a massive challenge, right? Yeah. Um, and you've got to find more than just the fun in it. You've got to find the meaning in it. You've got to find the love in it. And for us, you know, it's the changing of, of the world, um, which is the most rewarding part, right? Because, you know, people are going to smoke cannabis, whether it's legal, illegal or, or, or not. Um, yeah. But the idea that we can now use this um, plant and to change so many of the wrongs um, that we have uh, dealt with and begin to start talking about, you know, um, that wealth gap and how do we bring this to folks that have, you know, been connoisseurs, you know, for generations. Um, no, absolutely. And and that, that brings me to my point that, you know, you 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 created this this political um um, I guess consulting business, right? You and and you you did some very uh, just cool things. I mean, you work with Barack, right? 
you work with Barack and, you know, and, and then you, and, and uh, on his national finance committee and then Hickenloop, the governor, you, you were part of the, the beginning. You're a founding, you're a, you're a founding, what would we call it? Not a founding father. It's a founding mother of cannabis, you know, of legal cannabis, of ending the prohibition of cannabis uh, around you are a leader is what I'm saying. So how, how did this, did all of these thoughts and all of these experiences you had, did it drive you to this? You wanted to do something about something and, or, or did it just happen by happenstance? You know, um, long story really short, I was given a, a talk uh, to the political science class at CU a couple of years ago that was graduating and I was standing in front of the class and somebody had asked me a question like that, I'm like all these great things and, you yeah. know, did you, did you plan and did you do this and were you yeah, ready yeah. for that? And, did, and, you know, and, and I, and I, as I got ready to give the grandiose answer that we all give as speakers to young people, I stopped because I don't want people to think that anybody's life is some grandiose plan because it's not. You know what I mean? Life happens. And it really is, you know, as Kenny Rogers says, you got to know how to hold them, know when to fold them. It's the cards that you were dealt at that time. And how do you play this game called life, right? Because that's what we do. So no, this wasn't a grand plan. Um, Sometimes it came out of frustration. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I got out of the military. I, 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 I love what I learned in corporate America and everything else, but corporate America it wasn't for me. I mean, at one point I thought I was going to be a CEO of a Fortune 50 company. That mm-hmm. was the goal. And right. then you get into it and I'm like, eh, I don't really like this. It, it, you know, not what I want to do. Yeah. Um, politics happened because I ran for Congress and lost. Ah, um, there you go. You know, ran for Congress in uh, California's 32nd district when the uh, congressman passed away. And Diane Watson, um, an amazing woman, first black senator, um, she was a huge mentor to me because we'd be on stage and we'd come off a of stage and she's like, you did really good with that one answer, but I would sharpen up this answer and do this and don't put your hand on your hip. And I was like, why are you helping me? And she's like, because you're not going to win, but you're really good. So let's get you ready for this. <laughs> you, know? So, <laughs> you know, I mean, and it was, you know, it was old school, you know, teaching new school that, you yeah. know, you need more than just a good idea to win an office. Right. And so through that, um, I started consulting for a number of politicians, doing a lot of their um, communication work, got to know the ins and the outs of political insight. And then I started training politicians uh, how to be better at what they do. Um, And so and from there, you know, while my husband's doing restaurants, um, I used our restaurants as political gathering places, um, places for meetings, places to kick things off. Mm -hmm. Got to know a lot of politicians, which is why I'm not enamored with them. They're people. Um, They're flawed people like all the rest of us that um, we've been taught that lesson yeah oh god i'm not sure what that was that's a whole nother podcast but it's over today yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) there's the sun is shining everywhere Uh, (laughs) i can see it no that's great um you know, there's a lot I want to talk to you about, and we're going to take a break and we're going to dive into it. And, and obviously, I want to, I really want to hear about how you, you started this dispensary um, and your business and your life's work. So uh, we'll get to that. Hey, I'm Vern Davis, your, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. And we're having a wonderful time with Wanda James today. You know, she is the CEO of, of Simply Pure Dispensary in uh, Denver, Colorado, and many, many other things. We'll uh, continue this chat on the other side. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. 
elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, we're back on Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, having a conversation with Wanda James, founder and CEO of Simply Pure Dispensary in Denver. And, and, and uh, she's done just so many things for so many people. Um, uh, in and out of the cannabis world. So she's very diverse in the things that she's accomplished in, in her short life so far. Uh, she's got so much more to give, I'm sure. Um, I, Wanda, I really want to tell us about Simply Pure and how you, you, you know, you, you help with, with the Amendment 64, how you went from there and then decided, well, hell, I'm going to jump in, right? How did that happen? So came off of Barack Obama's National Finance Committee. I was also the um, campaign manager for the first openly gay man to win a congressional seat in 2008, which was Congressman Jared Polis, who is now Governor Jared Polis. But during that time, um, with both Jared and um, Barack Obama taking office, we knew that the Ogden memo was coming out and that the Ogden memo would give states the right to allow medical cannabis sales without prosecution of the people that were doing it. Mm -hmm. At that time, um, Scott and I decided to make this a political play. Now, once Mm -hmm. again, I want to be clear with everybody. Nobody thinks that um, this wasn't going to be a great business, or or we thought back then it's been a long, this has been a great business. But once again, doing good while doing well. We wanted to put a political face on what has caused the mass incarceration of 800,000 mostly black people, black and brown people a year. We wanted to put a face on the sale of cannabis, the operating of cannabis, that we knew that they could not make criminals out of us. I have had background checks for 20 years, military officer, worked with the president, worked with the new congressman, you know, working with the governor. Um, So you weren't gonna turn around and be like, oh, look at those black people, they're criminals, right? Yeah. So we were going to make this a political discussion. And I gotta tell you, you from day one we have been america's most political dispensary and dispensary owners um we have put our heads up we have fought we have came at police we have come at brutality we have come at ridiculous laws we have come at stopping people from being involved um this is what we wanted to do with this license and yes i mean having the opportunity to work with a plant that my husband and i both love and we Mm -hmm. consider ourselves connoisseurs there is that side to it as well don't get me wrong we love it we love it love it love it but this for us was definitively a political move got it got it and and you've you've utilized and it's a great one because it's visual Well, and it, and it talks to so much, right? And if you yeah. look back, and we'll break it down incrementally, mm-hmm. but when you look down, I mean, we, we can talk about this from a medical standpoint. This mm-hmm. is helping epilepsy, babies, perhaps Parkinson's, maybe Alzheimer's, right. um, cancer patients, right? Pain, bat, I mean, all of that, you know, athletes. So we can talk right. about this medically. We can talk about this 
from a criminal justice standpoint. You, you know, um, Trayvon Martin was out of school that day because he, this, someone had an empty bag of weed on him. Um, you know, both on John, you, you know, the first thing the cops said about him was, well, there was some weed on his table. I'm like, yeah, someone busted my apartment and shot me and it's my fault because I got weed on the table. Yeah. I mean, that's, so we can talk about this from, uh, you know, the financial piece, from the business side. I mean, there is so much that incorporates, you know, where we are with this plant and it is a political lightning rod. And I think that that, that was really what attracted me. Well, uh, it's, tell me about, I mean, that's awesome. And uh, the purpose of what you're doing is noble. Um, tell me about your dispensary. You know, do you have, do you guys have multiple locations or you, you you have uh, one location or how, what what we tell me more about that okay so, okay um this is our third dispensary um, okay one we opened up in 2009 right. simply pure initially started off as an edible company so scott being the chef that he was created an edible brand that was vegan gluten-free um and food he did mm -hmm. um he was cooking for uh, namaste hospice which was the first hospice in the country to allow cannabis for their end-of-life patients wow. he had a patient that really moved him uh, had three or four months to live and he says all i want to do is eat with my wife it's funny when you get down to the end of your life the very simple things is are, are, is what's important to you so yeah. Scott cooked for this man for a number of months um, and then created a line of food because at the time, um, all of the stuff that you could get that was edibles was very sugary candy. It was literally gummy bears yeah. sprayed with BHO, um, you, you know, yeah. donuts with BHO on them. Scott and his chefs created, um, <laughs> he's Italian, um, tomato sauce, green chili, apple butter, peanut butter, things that you could use to make other dishes with, right? Nice. Yeah. Um, as well as we had a candy line and, and, mm -hmm. and some of the obvious stuff as well, too. Um, and that was what Simply Pure um, was was born on. And then in 2014, we had the opportunity. Hey, no, I'm sorry. I have a new puppy up here. Um, uh, Simply Pure had the opportunity to become a dispensary. And um, it's right in our backyard was a, a, a block away from our restaurant. So we were thrilled to be able to open up our second dispensary. And then our third, we have a medical marijuana dispensary um, also by the name Simply Pure. Oh, that's great. And and I know it's uh, successful and uh, doing well. And um, are you involved in it on a daily basis? Oh, yeah. You, you know, um, okay. it's funny when I talk to people who are CEOs, you know, um, and they they do the 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 high level CEO, which, you know, I look forward to that one day, but yeah. I am um, involved in my company every day. Um, I am involved in a lot of the different decisions. You know, I drive the ship, right? Mm -hmm. This is what we do. Um, I'm proud of Simply Pure. Simply Pure is an amazing, um, it's, I call it my happy place. Um, beautifully laid out. Um, yeah, it is. I've seen it online. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fabulous. It's beautiful. Yeah. Our, our products, we are the top sellers for five products throughout. When I say five, there is five different companies that say that Simply Pure sells the most of them there. We have 4.8 to five stars on all social media all the way across. Yes, you our do. app is amazingly trained. Um, I mean, it, it just everything that I have done from corporate America to training, um, you know, to bringing the, the political importance to what we do and having a staff that, you know, feels the same way I do about it. We've created a place that is really unique in cannabis and it's, it's really a wonderful, amazing place. To be. It, it is awesome. Uh, you've done <laughs> an amazing, no, it is awesome. You've done an amazing job. And um, uh, I, there's so much I want to talk to you about. And so I'm going to have to ask you to come back. 
uh, because I want to talk more about the diversity uh, yes. in the industry. I want to talk more about, and we talked a little bit about social justice, and I, I appreciate you 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 chiming in on that because that uh, social justice, social injustice, yeah. uh, right? Yeah. Uh, and 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 then I I also I want to close with this. I want to just get your vision of of what you would like to see this new administration uh, that is going to be coming on board in the next 90 minutes. Uh, what do you what do you wish that they do that would have positively affect the folks that are trying to do all the right things in cannabis? It's time to legalize. It's obscene that we're not. I mean, you know, um, and I don't know what the number is, you know, 92 million Americans now have legal access to, to cannabis. Every state in the union, with exception of two, have some type of cannabis law on the books. It's absurd and it's stupid and the politicians need to grow up and understand that it's time to do this. The, um, the, the downside to cannabis is nowhere near the downside to everything else in society, including coffee, of which I am effectively addicted to, by the way. Just <laughs> yes, I, you are. <laughs> I have an addiction, I do. Um, <laughs> you know, so you go through this process and, and it's time to end the, the racial barriers to cannabis. It's time to stop locking people up. It's time to allow for the business aspect of cannabis to happen. We deserve, for, for someone as a black woman, I don't get to go to a bank my company is doing great, makes a lot of money, has lots of cash flow. I can't get a loan or a line of credit. That means I have to go to a hedge fund or 25-year-old mm -hmm. somebody, to some rich person to, to give me money, which means they take a large percentage of my company for very little um, you know, financial value. Mm -hmm. um, it's time to be able to go to a bank. It's time to be able to have real relationships um, with money. And it is time to allow black and brown people to participate in the wealth that this industry is creating since the industry was built on the backs of black and brown kids going to prison. It's time. And so this administration absolutely hands down must legalize cannabis. Well said, and that's a great place uh, to end. My guest today is the founder and CEO of Simply Pure Dispensary, Wanda James. Um, also, uh, again, I want to thank you for your service to our country and as a lieutenant in the Navy, uh, chasing submarines and leading a group that did that. And uh, I, I think that is uh, so awesome. You've done so many things for the industry and for other industries and for people. So we... we uh, we want to thank you here at Plant Profits for being here and, and being our guest. And we're going to invite you back because there's a lot we can talk about that I think yeah. will be beneficial and good. And and hopefully there's some news made in the next three or four months about this industry through this new administration. I think there's going to be lots of news being made, even for Simply Pure too. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll do. We'll, we'll keep looking for that. Thank you all for joining us. I would love to invite you to binge through all our episodes of Plant Profits through uh, the platform of CannabisRadio.com or find us in any major podcast channels that you you in, in, in engage, Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you, you get that information. We are there. I'm your host, Vern Davis. Uh, Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. And you can follow Protus Global on you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, we are all over that. And you can find us at protisglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. And you can really learn about how we're building companies, how we're changing people's lives. 
Until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.